This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I go on Erev Shabbos, hope everyone is well. I'd like to wish a mazel tov to Mr. and Mrs. Arendov Machlis upon the Hanochist Tefillin this week of their son Yonah, Mr. Hashem. He should put on his tefillin every single day of his life with the same excitement and the, and, and the enthusiasm that he did on that first day for his entire life. Also special, very special mazel to the grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Shmuel Prager, and they may see much nachas from this grandson and from all of their children and grandchildren. We'd also like to wish a mazel tov to Mr. and Mrs. Shalom Prager on the birth of a baby boy this week. May they see much nachas from this, from their new son, from all of their children, as well as a special mazel tov to the grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Shmuel Prager. They may see much nachas from this new grandchild and from all of their grandchildren and all of their children. There's a saying, a very famous saying, that history repeats itself. In Judaism, we probably would say it a little differently. We'd say, What takes place for our avos, what takes place for our forefathers, takes place for us. And as we read this week's parsha, there's an unbelievably and perhaps scary similarity to the world we live in right now. The post-October 7th world that we're living in right now is so relevant to the parsha that we're going to read in this, this upcoming Shabbos. The Torah tells us in this week's parasha that Yaakov Avinu is preparing for battle against his enemy, his brother Esav, who wants nothing more than to annihilate, to destroy, to kill, eradicate Yaakov and his entire family. And when Yaakov now deals with the dilemma of how to battle against Esav, he's thinking and planning. We all know Chazal tell us he had three plans, money, prayer, of course, davening, and mulchama. But the Torah tells us an unbelievable passage. The Torah tells us that Yaakov Avinu was afraid. He was afraid and he was nervous. He was worried about something. What was he worried about? So Rashi tells us from Chazal, Yaakov Avinu was worried that he may have to kill other people. He was The first Vayiro was afraid that he would die, and the second one he's afraid he'd have to kill other people. What's he, what's he so afraid about to have to kill other people? Esav is a writer. Esav is a murderer. Esav wants nothing more than to kill you. You have to kill someone who's trying to kill you. What was Esav so? What was Yaakov so afraid of? So the Mepharshim explained what, ya- what, Esav, what Yaakov was afraid of wasn't Esav. But Yaakov was afraid of what we call today innocent civilians. Sometimes in war, sometimes in a battle, people who don't necessarily deserve to die, sometimes die. And what Yaakov you know, was worried about wasn't the Esav who's trying to kill him. It wasn't the murderers, the murderers who were trying to kill him. It was the innocent civilians who perhaps don't deserve to die. But are often the result of war is that innocent civilians die. And Yaakov was worried. He was disturbed. It bothered him that perhaps in battle for his life, he perhaps might have to kill some innocent civilians. How true is that today? How Eretz Yisrael is so careful with every rocket and every missile and every bullet, they think twice before sending it out because perhaps, maybe, accidentally, a civilian may get killed. Unfortunately, Hamas makes it so difficult because they put the civilians together with the terrorists. And yet the world looks at Israel as killing civilians. It's mamish what happened in this week's parasha. Yaakov went out of his way. Yaakov was worried. He was stressing the fact that innocent civilians may die because Yaakov didn't want civilians to die. They don't deserve to die. And today, Kalal Yisrael is facing the same dilemma. We're trying desperately 
no matter what we do, we try not to harm innocent civilians, while our enemies on the other side are more than happy and look forward and try to kill innocent civilians. So clearly, Misa of Asim Labanim is what's taking place right now in Jewish history. What happened in Jewish history is now in current, current Jewish life. But then, as we forward further on into the parasha, perhaps another storyline is very similar to what we've experienced. Later on in this week's parasha, the Torah tells us about a very disturbing story, very difficult story. Dina, the one daughter that Yaakov Avinu has, his prized daughter, his princess, gets captured, gets plucked off the street, kidnapped by Shem, and she gets violated. They're ma'anis her. They abuse her. An innocent Jewish girl, the daughter of a great tzaddik, minding her own business, gets plucked off the street, gets abused by Shem. And then Shem decides, he thinks, it might be a good idea that he marries this girl. He wants very badly to marry her. He's, he's in love, says the Torah, with Dina, and he wants to marry her. We're all familiar with the story. Shimon Levi come up with this idea, this plan, where they make them all have a bris milah, and then on the third day of the milah, Shimon Levi comes and annihilates the entire city, kills everyone, takes captive the women, takes over all the property, and that puts the end, the story of Dina and Shechem. However, when Yaakov Avinu finds out about what happened, he is not thrilled. He is not happy. On the contrary, he's quite disappointed. And there's a conversation. The Torah records it in this week's parasha. Yaakov Avinu says to Shimon and Levi, I don't like what you did. Because now the neighboring countries, the neighboring cities, the neighboring enemies, so to say, are not going to look f- positive and favorably towards us. You push it, put us at risk. You put us in danger from the surrounding countries. Yaakovinu felt that this was incorrect, this was wrong. This was a bad move. You put us all in danger. Now what are the other nations going to do? What are they going to say? And the response of, 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 of Shimon and Levi is very, very interesting. The answer is, Can we allow them to turn our sister into a Zaina? What was the conversation? What was the question? What was the answer? How did Shimon and Levi answer back the claim of, of Yaakov? Yaakov is making a very pragmatic statement. You endangered the lives of all of us from our neighbors. And you answered back an emotional response. But we can't. We can't just sit back and do nothing. So the Arachayim HaKadosh explains what Shimon and Levi were telling back to Yaakov was, no, Dad, you have to understand. The world around us will understand what we did. Because look what they did to our sister. The countries around us, our neighboring neighbors will not say, look at those Jews. They're so barbaric. They're murderers. They'll understand. Look what happened. They turned our sister into a Zaina. Look, they violated our sister. We're going to take that sitting. So the brothers claim to their father, Dad, no, you don't understand. Don't worry. There won't be any bad media. There won't be pushback from the neighboring countries. They'll understand what we did. But who won this argument? Yaakov Avinu stood, stood his ground. And when we get to Pashas Vayichi, we see that Yaakov Avinu still held he was right. He still thinks the Shvatim were wrong. We all believed after October 7th, no one would have any questions or doubts on what Israel is going to do to take care of Hamas. 
We all believe that after what they did to us, such a horrific terrorist attack, how they murdered 1,200 innocent people, and the, bar- the barbaric attitude that they had, we did not think anyone in the world would ever doubt us, or even not agree with us. We thought we'd have the world on our side. How wrong are we? Look around. As the days go on and the war continues, more and more people are looking at Israel and saying, it's too much. You're being too rough. You need a ceasefire. You need to cut back. You need to understand. Unfortunately, Shimon and Levi's argument does not hold ground when it comes to Klai Israel. When it comes to the Jewish people, people for some reason don't understand our justification. They look at whatever we do and they say, no, not right. Shimon and Levi said to Yaakov, don't worry, dad, they'll understand. They'll see what, what, what Shem did to our sister and we're justified. And Yaakovino in this week's parasha doesn't answer, but Yaakovino thought to himself and he said, you're mistaken, young boys. The world doesn't look at Klai Yisrael that way. Even when we're justified, we're always met with pushback. Even when we are in the right, the world looks at us like we're wrong. And unfortunately, as the war goes on and day, go, day after day, even in America, the American government is already starting to change their attitude. And we have to stop with this and with this and cutbacks on this. How right Yaakov Avinu was. Yaakov Avinu was very wise and very smart. And he knew the claim of Shimon and Levi. And still he believed and he knew that that's not the way the world looks at Klai Yisrael. Unfortunately, we are never given that pass that the rest of the world is given. America and World War II had permission to blow up Japan and no one thought about civilians. Yet when Israel tries to defend itself against an enemy who just brutally murdered 1,200 of its people, the world around us says, no, you don't have rights. You don't have permission. You need to have a ceasefire. You need to be calm. The claim of Yaakov Avinu was right. The world around us will never, ever give us that pass that we thought we deserve. So, Maisa of the Torah reminds us in this week's parasha, Yaakov Avinu was right. Yaakov Avinu taught us, because Yaakov Avinu knew better than anyone. Because Yaakov Avinu, earlier in this parasha, had a battle of his life. And the Pasuk tells us, Vayivoser Yaakov Levadai. You know when Yaakov had this battle with the Sar Shalasim, where was everyone? Yaakov was alone. Yaakov represents Christ. Well, we're always alone. No one comes to defend us. We are left alone by ourselves. The nations forget about us. They don't help us. Jewish people live constantly by Yivoser Yaakov Levade. Where was the world when millions of Jews were being murdered in Eastern Europe? Where was the world? The world was silent. And today, unfortunately, look around the global world. Many of the countries of the world are not behind Kalal Yisrael yet again. When we're just trying to defend ourselves, we're just trying to live. We're just trying to ensure safety. Again, we're alone. No one's coming to our defense. And perhaps this makes us have to dive in even more. This causes us to say to Hillam with a different attitude because we can't rely on this government or that government. We can't rely on this organization or that organization. We have no one else to rely on. It's only Hashem. This government, that government, they're not going to have our back. We're going to be alone. They're going to force us and convince us why Hamas existing is a good thing for us. 
Because when it comes to Klai Yisrael, we're ultimately always alone. So when we read the Parsha this week, we'll think how, how Maisa of Asim Labanim is so true. And just like Yaakov was victorious against the Sarish Lasev, the worst of the worst, but he took a hit. He got injured. We're going to have, and we've had many bumps along the road, but we know ultimately Klai Yisrael will come on top. We will be stronger than everyone else. We will be around when no one else is around. But as long as we turn our energies to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and David to him, say to Helen, rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mr. Shem, that day should come quite soon, where the world will see how wrong they were, how they were all on the wrong side of things, how Klai Yisrael did everything, Api, the Messiah and the tradition of our great office, we should be Zaycheh, to see that day with the arrival of Mashiach, and here be have a wonderful Shabbos.